Hey, welcome back here to the Central PA Pour, and this is our 4th of July episode, so <laughs> happy 4th of July, happy guys. Fourth. You look like George Clinton in those glasses. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what is that? Uh, what, what, uh, the Parliament. The Parliament. Oh, yes. yeah. A little funk going on. Yeah, yeah. 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 The Funkadelics. And, you know, normally I have a fireworks party here, but all I got left is a couple Roman candles, so. Yeah. I don't think my wife would appreciate if we light these off tonight. What do you think? No. I don't know. I was going to say stick around. Maybe we can do it in the studio. <laughs> should, I, should I go the whole episode with these glasses on? It's up to you. I don't know. I'll have to keep doing this because it looks like a shutter, shutter feel. So happy 4th of July. This is our 4th of July episode. And, um, you know, can't believe we're going to be halfway through summer when this episode comes out. And uh, holy shit, how fast did this year go? You know. Oh, my God. But we have another guest in studio, and this is, uh, we had him scheduled earlier this year, but he had a surprise, <laughs> surprise visit. visit, and we're going to let him discuss who he is and who he's with, but we're welcoming him into the Central PA Pour, so thank you for coming. Hey, yeah, uh, thanks, guys, for having me. So, uh, yeah, my name is Mike Brubaker. I am the founder and brewmaster at Mooduck Brewery, which is located over across the river in Lancaster County in the town of Elizabethtown. Uh, we are one of three breweries in that small little town, and we have a great little uh, community brewing center happening there. Yeah, and you, you've been at this for a while. So uh, <laughs> when, when did you first open? You've been at this for a longer than a lot. that have. Yeah, been. we've been around a little bit, so... It's funny to think, you know, a business that's not even 10 years old is really kind of one of the no longer new kids on the block, but kind of the old old kid already, you know? Right. We don't feel like it. We feel like we're just kind of maybe only starting to hit our stride a little bit, but we've been around since 2014, so, so we've been doing this a while. So you were you in this vicinity. There wasn't a lot of breweries open at that time that you would consider what they call a craft brew pub. Yeah, yeah, we were one of the first. So we were the, you know, I mentioned already that there's three in our town. We were the first in our town. Um, and I will say, as far as Lancaster County's concerned, we were one of the, not first in Lancaster County. There's certainly long, long history in Lancaster County of brewing. But um, as far as one of the small kind of, I don't want to call it artesian, but kind of smaller little brew pubs who's brewing on a small system kind of just busting their butt to get sure. you know some product out. I think we were one of the the first to kind of pioneer that you can you can be really small but still make really good beer and still still make a living at doing this. Yeah. And now there you know there's a lot of them now and you know I feel like we were one of the first to kind of almost prove that concept that you know you can brew three and a half barrels at a time and and still still make a living doing it and be pretty successful at doing it. And, and, and there's there is there an advantage to being a, like what they call what's that nano brewery to that you doing small batches instead of the big five, ten, fifteen barrels? Yeah, so I mean we've we progressed. So when we opened in twenty fourteen, we were only on a two barrel. Um and brewing on that two barrel and I was actually still working my full time job at that time. So working on that and working a full time job, but you know, it's you're constantly just working, brewing, working, brewing, working, brewing and the and the whole you know cycle never stopped. But we certainly said, you know, we've upgraded to three and a half, which we've now upgraded again into a five. So we've done some expansion, but even at five, we're pretty small and nimble yet where we can keep new beers flowing. And, and, uh, one of the advantages we have is we kept that original two barrel. So if we want to experiment, if we want to just do some kind of wacky one-off stuff, we can still do that. So we can keep tap lines 
changing almost weekly, which oh, that, keeps I, customers really interested. And I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now I was at your facility. Uh, it when you find it, when you're able to get to there, <laughs> you were at a prime spot because you're like right next to the like is it the rail trail there or something? Yeah, or we're or right next to an Amtrak station. So right. um, I want to say maybe a year or two before we opened Elizabethtown. Uh, totally did a full renovation on that particular uh, stop along the line. So we felt that that was a pretty good time to be kind of offering something totally different on that street because that street has nothing other than us. I mean, no, there's, it, a, it there's, a, there's a youth center right next to us, and um, there's another couple other businesses that are just, you know, they're not businesses where you go and visit. It's just a business that's there. Um, so I figure we really kind of brought some energy to kind of that end of town. You know, downtown is great. We have a really... Um, really progressive and really up and coming downtown uh, area of Elizabethtown. And we're kind of on the outskirts of that a little bit, but we kind of like that. We're bringing some energy and some, some things to do kind of in and around the, the train station. Cause I mean, there's traffic coming in out of that train station all the time and COVID shut that down a little bit, but it's starting to come back nice. a little better. And, and it, you know, it, it's a cool spot. So many people that come off the train and are like, Oh my God, or hey. they're, or they're <laughs> there to pick somebody up at this lot. And they're like, Oh, I can come in here and have a beer and grab oh, the train. Ain't, the train ain't right. here for yeah. 30 yeah. minutes. Yeah. I'm going to get a beer. Yeah. So, uh, I think the location is great. Um, it is off the beaten path. We're certainly not going to get just somebody saying, you know, I drove by here and, and saw you guys, you know, but I feel like, that's not really how people find breweries anyway. No, you know no. they they find it through word of mouth or word or mouth, see you at Google, a, a beer fest or, yeah. or wherever it might be. So that part of it didn't really bother me when we were when we were looking at locations. And, and speaking of how how we found you, uh, one of our previous guests, mm-hmm. um, Dover Brewing. There's yeah. a little story behind that of how we found you, and and uh, tell us a little bit about that because it, it, it's kind of a unique story with yeah. some equipment that has circulated within the, the the community in this area. Yeah, so we uh, we originally bought some used equipment from Liquid Hero Brewing, um, and those were our original brew tanks, and we were still using those up until about last summer. Um, and then to go back even, I think it was two years before that, um, I had met Mark from Dover Brewing at an event, and the two of us, uh, you know, had similar kind of interest in brewing, and and uh, a good friend of mine and a good customer of mine said, well, you guys should, you know, do something together. So we brewed a collaboration before I even really know who he was, and, you know, he came and, you know, there's some people who, you know, you kind of click with brewing, and he's a down-to-earth guy, I'm a pretty down-to-earth guy, and we got along really well. So we've done numerous calibrations with them now. And, uh, when I was needing to upgrade and needing to sell off some old equipment, you know, he was pretty much the first guy who I contacted and said, Hey, we got some stuff that's still in great shape and we can work out a really nice deal for you guys to help get you guys up up and and running. So we bought some stuff from liquid hero in which we in turn then sold and it's coming back to uh, your County here. So that's, that's, that's that's a cool story. And I think that's what we found is Every story and person that we've had in here, the stories are unique and different. Uh, very similar, but unique and different. Um, yeah, I mean, I think all of us who are opening breweries who are, who are, or who have opened breweries up in the last 10 years kind of all have a similar story. You know, most of us were home brewing and decided, hey, this is, you know, something I really enjoy doing. It's something I'm, I'm pretty good at. And, you know. I'm doing it so often that why don't I start to maybe get get paid to do this? You know, and, and I um, did see that that you've won some awards with your when you were home brewing. Yeah, we won both on the homebrew side and since we've been open as an actual brewery side of things. So, 
Yeah, we, uh, oh, I don't know how many it's, you know, you enter competitions as a home brewer, you know, you want to get, as a home brewer, you're giving your beer out to friends and family. And of course, most of the time they're like, Hey, this is free beer. We're going to like, Oh, we're going to drink we're, it. We're going to drink this and we're going to love it, you know, and we're going to get more free beer and this is going to be like a really cool setup. Um, so you always hear that you money. <laughs> and, you know, and, and there's always a sense of pride in something you brew. Um, so even if your homebrew maybe isn't the best homebrew, you think, Hey, this is really good. So you enter competitions to kind of get some unbiased feedback and, and I got really good feedback right off the start from the first competition I rendered. Um, so we entered maybe, I don't know, 10, 12 competitions as homebrewers and we placed in every one that we ever entered. So that was pretty cool. So we, we had a suspicion we were doing pretty good product wise. Um, and then of course there's the, you go from making five gallons to making, you know, a hundred gallons or, yeah. or even more. And there's certainly that challenge to scale up, but, um, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, it's something, but it, it's a, it's a risk. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. Um, but here we are, what, eight, nine years. Yeah. We're, we're nine years in. I I'd say I'll, you know, I'll be perfectly honest. Our quality of beer has come even now. It continues to get better. And some people have talked to me about that. You know, our beer is good, good from the start, um, but it's only gotten better the whole time. And people ask me, well, you know, what do you, why is it, if you do something for this long, I hope you're not doing the same thing over and over again and and getting the same product, you know, you adjust, you learn new techniques, you talk to other brewers and, and you get better and better and better at it. So, you know, we were making good beer from the start, from the homebrew days, we're made some good beer and won some awards early in our years. Um, But I think where our product has come now, nine years later is, if I go back and taste those first, you know, batches one through maybe fifty, I'd be like, "What the what the hell are we doing here?" But um, <laughs> do, you, do you have like parts of the making the beer that you know maybe I don't want to say troubles you, but you know, and uh, and then on, on just the opposite, you know, what's your favorite parts? Of- yeah, so one of the things I take pride in as far as brewing is concerned is I don't I don't kind of pigeon my hole into brewing one style or being good at brewing just one style. Um, you know, we are literally have everything from a light lager to stouts to, you know, hazy IPA to West coast IPA to, um, I, I'm really a big fan of Belgian style beers. So we do some really nice Belgian style beers as well. So we run the gauntlet of all different styles and all different things. Um, I will say there's been some beers throughout our history that were kind of core year round beers that I started to get frustrated with at times that we've dropped out of being core beers. And then we just bring them back once a year now. But, um, there was a, one of our first beers and I loved it as a home brewer and it was a light refreshing beer made with honey and, and fresh basil, which is kind of wacky. You don't think of using something like basil and beer. Um, and my home brewer, it was fantastic. And, and for some reason I just couldn't get it right when we first opened. And, uh, I think we had it on as a year round beer for maybe the first year and a half. And I just said, this is enough. It's not coming out how I want it ever. We've been adjusting it and trying different things with it. And it's just not right right now. And I, I gave it like a two year hiatus and then I went back to it. And now it's for whatever reason, I don't know what I'm doing different. There's nothing perceivably different that I'm doing, but for some reason now after giving it that little bit of rest, it's back to being one of our, Favorites. We just had it out, and we did only a two barrel batch of it, and I think it's sold in like a week and a half. I was like, "Well, oh, I guess maybe it's time to maybe it's time maybe to, it's time to slam that one up again and and right. see what that's done." And you know, and I mean, I I can't say that I've ever heard of a honey basil one. That's that's in the unique. Yeah, so we always try to have something unique on. Um, 
I'd say I lean way more towards traditional styles of beer than I do kind of, you know, wacky styles of beer, but we always try to have one kind of like interesting, unique beer on tap at all times. So, and how do you come up with it? Just like, Hey, is this a collaboration? Does your, does your staff, does your wife, I mean, who else helps you with this? Uh, it's mostly me. Um, there's certainly, you know, one of the things, and I'm sure most breweries have this is we have a really loyal, you know, local customer, you know, we'll find people, you know, touring around to breweries who come and find us from, from far away as well. But we have a really good core group of customers and some of them are at the point now where they'll throw ideas off me. And most of the times I tell them it's not a great idea, but some of the times they stick and we will brew it and, you know, they get kind of some acclaim in the tap room saying, Hey, that was my idea. But, um, <laughs> most of the time it's just, I don't know. Inspiration can literally come from anywhere. Sometimes you'll be eating something and you'll say, well, that's a really unique combination of flavors. Cause that's really what brewing is. It's you're adding combinations of flavors together. So, um, you know, I didn't bring it today. I should have maybe, but we have a porter on that has Neapolitan flavor. So it's got strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate. Oh, uh, I was I okay. So that's ice cream inspired. You know, you're eating ice cream. You say, "Hey, I can make this into beer." I saw that on the tap list. I was like Neapolitan. So I was going to ask you, what is the <laughs> Neapolitan? But you just answered that. Yeah. So, that- so it's our. We have a a porter that's pretty much on tap from. Labor Day weekend till right about now, the Neapolitan will be our last one. And we just do it on our two-barrel system and just – the first one is a smoked porter because we do a smoked special Labor Day weekend. Um, so it kind of fits in with that theme. And then we just do different fruits, different spices, different flavors in the porter. I was – for you know, half the year basically. I think when I was up there, I think I had one of those porters, and it, yeah, it's fucking delicious. Yeah. It's a very good porter. Yeah. I didn't have the Neapolitan one. But, yeah, not yet. So uh, guess yeah. what? We're gonna have to make a road <laughs> trip time, and try yeah, that. So, um, yeah, we'll do th- we'll do cherries in it. We've done vanilla, coffee, a lot of the typical stuff you think into kind of dark beers, and then you know, Neapolitan. I think that's it's fairly unique. I've seen some other people do it, but you don't see that too terribly often. No, and I I, I saw some of the beer names that you have so. Uh, some unique ones. Uh, yeah. Knowledge by what, 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 I wrote them down here. I think. What is it? Um, living living increases knowledge. Yeah. Gaining on last place. And yeah. Joy is in the consumption. Yeah. So that's some unique names. Where do you come up with those names? Yeah. So I don't know. If you talk to brewers, they probably almost all tell you the same thing. Naming beers is one of the most challenging and kind of one of the most annoying things about the business, you know, number one, there's, I don't know, are we at 10,000 breweries now in the country? You know, oh, yeah. there's so many breweries. So it's, it's hard to find a name that you, you know, a lot of times you'll say, Oh, I have this great beer name. You look on like untapped or something. You'll be like, Oh, well there's like already four breweries that have that name. So <laughs> that's like, all we just, maybe did. that's not the, you know, maybe that's not the best name, you know? So it's like, Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, but join the consumption. That's a hazy pale ale that we, we, uh, we brew a couple times a year and it's pretty popular beer for us. And that was just kind of, actually almost taking a jab at stuff like untapped where it's like, you, know, you don't need to check a beer in to enjoy it. You don't need to share with all your friends and say, Hey, look what I found. Or, right. you know, people who do these beer shares or, you know, they mail or beers, and you're getting beers from all over the country. You know, that's not what drinking beer is about to me. It's more about, you know, finding a beer you like and drinking it and you don't have to tell everybody about what you just did. Yeah. So that was kind of where joy and the consumption came from. It's just like, you know what? It's, it's I mean, the name says it. the joy in beer is, is consuming it. It's not, right finding it or getting it or telling everybody else you have it. You know? Well, speaking of consuming and, and beers, um, we got one in front of us. Uh, yeah. 
And this was one of the other unique names that, and you, there's two of them that have this kind of similar name. Yeah, we brought the other one with two. We thought that'd be kind of a good theme to. Yeah. To so, today. what's going to be our first beer here, Mike? So, the first beer is called a beer for dad. Um, we're a small little kind of family-run uh, pub and brewery, so it's weird because. A lot of bartenders and stuff are usually on the younger side. Ours are, for whatever reason, our age, and I'm in my mid-40s, you know, to even older than us. But for whatever reason, it started a couple years ago. All of our staff called me dad and my wife mom. Um, she kind of runs the more front of the house and taproom side of things. So they call us mom and dad. And so we have a beer for dad, and we also have a beer for mom, <laughs> um, which both fits kind of where each of us kind of lean in our drinking style. So beer for dad's... Um, just a nice, easy drinking, crisp lager. So it's kind see, of on the smells Vienna. If you see it. It's kind of on the Vienna style, I guess. If you want to throw it into a style category, but just nice, crisp, easy drinking, five percent drink all day. Um, you can see on the can art, there's a guy in a boat. So the guy, somewhat, sort of, kind of looks like me a little bit. It's the um, cartoon, Mike. Yes, it's the cartoon <laughs> version of me. So. That beer's for me and, and all the other dads who just kind of like easy drinking beers that you can drink all day. Maybe drink it out while you're out fishing or whatever you're doing. But another cool thing about this beer is it's actually brewed with uh, Pennsylvania grown malt. Okay. So it's got a real nice local connection as well. All right. Cheers. A beer for dad. All dads, not just Mike. Any dad. All dads. That's good. Very good. Yeah, this is. Uh, I could see drinking this all day, like you yeah, said. Yeah, this is. Yeah, it. so this is. Uh, it's on our year-round beers, so this beer is always on tap. Um, I think it was about a year ago we made the decision. So we've always had a big kind of support local echoes behind our our brand, and uh, we were using some local stuff before COVID, and then when COVID happened, you know, budgets get a little tighter and everything, and we kind of shied away from it and. Since things have gotten up and running and full swing again, we said let's re-explore using local malt. And this beer was always really good. This beer has won a bunch of awards, actually at some various competitions. Um, but I think since we went local, I think it's gotten even better, actually. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's and if you can see, I, I did hold it up earlier. And one thing that we're really starting to, you know, we're learning as we're doing this because we're amateurs. We enjoy the product is uh, since we recorded with Mad Chef, he was saying about the clarity of the beer. Mm -hmm. And I, I, every beer that we've had on ever since, <laughs> we've been looking at it. And if you could see, this is a crystal yeah. clear. It's got yeah. a little uh, orangish hue to it, which yep. is that lager. Yep. It is a very good, I think it's a well-balanced, malty yeah. backbone to it. Um, sessionable, very sessionable yeah. beer. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, Yingling and Sam Adams Boston were always my go-tos. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I'll still drink them from time to time. Mm -hmm. However, Yingling tastes like a light beer to me now. <laughs> uh, you compare you compare a Yingling to something like yeah. this, it's a light beer. Yeah, this is the one when you know people come into the tap room and they say they drink Yingling. This is usually where we'll try to steer them. But we do also warn them, it's like, it's in the same realm as Yingling, but it's going to have way more flavor than what a Yingling and does. I, that's yeah. why I can't, I can't go back to mass This one is an, what I would call an, an all-malt lager, so there's no corn, there's no rice, there's no any of those adjuncts that kind of lighten the flavor of the beer. Sure. So this is all-malt. Is this one of your original recipes from no. homebrew days? No. No. Okay. No. This one came out probably about, I don't know, I want to say like three years ago we first released this. 
Um, and part of that was equipment. Since we've upgraded, we have a lot better equipment for controlling temperature than what we did when we first opened. Um, originally, to do a lager, which has to ferment cold, we would wait till it's cold in the brewery and we'd make one. Where now we have, you know, we have the temperature control system and everything that we can make year-round lagers. Now, how so. long does that one take to lager out? So that one's, and most of our loggers are actually a little bit on the quicker side in the logger realm of things. So that's a, a five-week turnaround okay. from brew to, to, to keg or can or whatever we're, we're doing with that particular batch. But Very good. Yeah. That's very good. Now, you mentioned something about your, 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 your system, and mm-hmm. I read it. It's a hand-built? Yeah. So we probably have to update some stuff. That hand-built system is now living here in Dover. Um, the hand-built system was, was... That's the one that went to was, Dover Brewing. Uh, okay. was purchased by Dover Brewing. So, yeah, our original brew house, though, um, we pretty much found some stainless tanks that we refabricated to work as brewing tanks. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, with the amount of capital that we had, we should have probably never opened a brewery. Um, <laughs> and then even today, I'll, I'm kind of the go-to guy, which is one of the reasons why I got to know Mark so well. You know, I'm kind of, I think, known as the go-to guy if, like, you're kind of wanting to open a brewery on a budget. Um, I have a lot of ideas that can get people open. So we you opened have, with less than... experience. Yes. Yeah, so we opened with less than 50 grand capital, which is pretty unheard of in the brewing realm because brewing equipment is not cheap. Uh, no, so, and um, here you are, what, this is almost nine years later, <laughs> so you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, we've done it right. And one of the things we're proud of, so we opened on a really small budget. We've... Luckily, between myself, my father, and and one of our business partners, uh, who's you might have seen some of his beers called Crazy Dave. Um, yeah, I saw that label. He's got yeah. his finger in his nose. Yeah, is there? Yes. There's so a story behind. There's that? no direct story. That's just Dave. Dave is just <laughs> a unique character on his own. But between the three of us, we have enough skills that we were able to do all the build out ourselves, refabricate equipment ourselves, weld fittings and stuff on ourselves. So we were able to open on that kind of shoestring budget and. We're almost, you know, nine years in now, and we've never taken any debt as a company, and we're still debt-free, and we'll hey, probably continue pretty, to be debt-free based on the way our finances awesome. are looking now. So, yeah. yeah. Something to be proud of. Yeah. 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 I'd say, yeah. That's, yeah. A, you know, when you when you operate any business, your idea, and we, you figure the first couple of years are going to be in the red. Mm-hmm. But if you can maintain above the black, it's all positive. Yeah. And yeah. like I, I briefly mentioned it earlier, so... We actually started with no payroll either, so I was just working my full-time job. My wife was working her full-time job. We would bartend. Um, Crazy Dave would come and help bartend. So we operated right before our first six months without any payroll even, so that helped us. Wow. Crazy Crazy Dave worked for beer? Crazy Dave. He was working for beer. Well, he was working for beer and and his percent of the company. No, I'm not not, not working for beer. (laughs) Dave, you're you're retired. You're not fucking working. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true, but I'm still. I'm not working for beer. Yeah, I, my wife. My wife actually does a little bit of bird watching. She has all these bird feeders oh, nice. all over the place. Anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not complaining, but uh, I understand that uh, you're a bird watcher also. Yeah, so I guess what I would say my trained profession was a was as a environmental educator slash naturalist. Huh. Um, so that's what my college degree is. That's Perhaps not really doing much for me anymore, but that's okay. Um, was that a full time job prior? Yeah. Well, so there was a there was a uh, <laughs> so yeah. So after college, I worked at a 
various nature oriented places where I was a naturalist. And then I kind of settled full time in the Poconos and became director of a place called the Pocono environmental education center, um, which we've actually done some beers kind of in there raising money for some of their programs and things that they're doing. But that was kind of what I was doing for a long time. So I really into being outside really into bird watching is one of my big passions. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes when you own your own business, some of your passions kind of take a back seat a little bit. Yeah. So I'm not as enthusiastic about birds as probably I, I once was, but I still very much enjoy the bird feeders in the backyard. I still very much this time of the year when there's a, it's actually probably the best time of year as right. far as like migration is happening right now. And so you're getting things that live down in, in the tropics during the winter and, and maybe they, they breed up in Canada, but you have this really short window where you can kind of find them this time of the year. So that's certainly one of my, my passions and actually the kind of whole moo duck theme name came from my time spent spent up at at the uh pocono environmental education center we were entering a bird watching event called the world series of birding which every time i say that it, it just i must I, I catch myself saying i was like that must sound absolutely ridiculous to most people i was gonna say i never heard that i guess there's a world <laughs> series of everything for everything right so in reality what this is is a event put on by the New Jersey Audubon society and, and allows other nature type places to sign up and raise money for their facility. So we literally treated it as like a birdathon. So if you say, Mike, I'll give you 10 cents for every species of bird you can find that day. And we ended up raising, you know, five, five $6,000, I think by doing it. So five, $6,000. When you're a, you're a director of a nonprofit, if you can find a way to make five grand, you know, that's a pretty, pretty okay. cool thing. So we entered this event called the world series of birding and, Basically, it's a 24-hour marathon to find as many species as you can in the playing field as the whole state of New Jersey. Um, the only quote-unquote rule is you have to turn in your, your checklist of birds seen in Cape May at midnight. So it's midnight to midnight. Hmm. Go wherever you want. Wow. And total honor system, you know, if you showed up with something ridiculous on your checklist, they would question you. But other than that, you know, if you were the only time we were ever questioned is we were one year the only team that found a bird. So they asked us where we'd seen that and they asked each team member to be able to describe it and, and that, but, uh, so most team names for this event are kind of boring, generic team names. You know, somebody's the Eagles or somebody's the, the Cardinals or, you know, sure. pretty generic bird names. And we were at that point, you know, low 20 year old kind of punk kids, beer drinking, said, you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of the anti of what everybody probably thought of what bird watchers should look like at that point. And, you know, we said, we want to come up with something just kind of a little weird, a little crazy and really just make people think like, you know, I'll be honest, who the fuck are these guys? You know, <laughs> who the fuck are these guys and, and who, what are they all about? So I will say if you, if you know anybody from Russia, you might get a little more in-depth um, view on what that was. Uh, I, at the time had a, intern from russia who was studying with me and every time we would out go out bird watching or we'd be out hiking or doing something and you know doing silly stupid things like young kids do he would always say hey you guys are a bunch of moo ducks <laughs> so that kind of just stuck with us <laughs> and uh is that no wait is that one of the birds you turned into the society hey we that, saw a fucking saw moo, a duck. moo duck. Saw a moo duck. <laughs> that was the bird that they questioned huh okay now i will say the organizer of the event which is a fairly famous bird watcher was always super intrigued and trying to figure out what this whole name was about we never he and he he pushed us a couple years in a row and we just never would tell him <laughs> 
thick as fuck. So it does have some Russian meaning. I will uh, we'll leave it at that for now. It's, it's, <laughs> okay. a, it's a Russian slang word um, spelled a little different than what the M-O-O-D-U-C-K is, but... Yeah. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't mean move. Fuck, does it? <laughs> <laughs> the closest, and this is funny because I said uh, that my my latest stint in between is actually I worked. My brother owns an auto body shop, so when I moved from the Poconos back down to Lancaster County, I actually did a. I don't know, way too long because I'm not even a car guy, but I did about a six or seven year stint at the at the auto body shop, um, and we it was a wholesale shop over in Mannheim. And one of our good dealers that we did a lot of work with was a Russian guy. So uh, <laughs> I, out of curiosity, I knew what it meant, but I wanted to see what he said. So I he said, hey, you know, I have this Russian friend of mine. He's always calling me a Mooduck. And his face just got bright red. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to tell us off air what um, it is. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll give you his description of it. Um, he pretty much said it's somebody who's all balls and no brain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's every fucking guy out there, right? Uh, so it was interesting to hear his translation compared to what my Russian friend had always said, kind of what it meant. Yeah, that's funny. But that's the story of the name Mooduck, and that's kind of a celebration of that and, and a thank you to him for giving us a, the silly name that we ended up with. Hmm. Um, our anniversary beer every year is a Russian Imperial stout. So there's a connection to the whole meaning as well. I, I think, yeah. it, I think um, it's freaking awesome. I, and it, it's, it's unique. Again, the story yeah, is unique. Yeah, yeah. The meaning and where it came from is just, yeah. it, it's awesome. It, it's yeah. a great story. And this so, is the stuff that's, yeah. that's what we find is so interesting about every one of you guys. Yeah. So his and name is Slava. Is. So for the anniversary beer, we do that Russian Imperial Stout called King Slava. And that's a <laughs> big beer that we then age in bourbon barrels every year. So it's hmm. one and of our favorites. That comes out first Saturday in November every year. And we've actually won some awards with that. We took second place at the big farm show beer competition with that beer. I think um, I remember seeing yeah, that. Yes, so, I did yeah. remember seeing that. Um, so that one, I mean. And, and we got to quit that on our fucking calendar, man. We yeah. got to get up there when the farm show when the farm show is going on yeah. and go out to the, and maybe we see if we can get a 10 up there because these guys are all yeah, up you there. you probably could. Yeah. yeah. Let's do some, you know, some interviews. I mean, Mike, that story was. <laughs> <laughs> now, I am not a bird guy. Yeah. Truthfully, I hate fucking birds oh yeah oh yeah so the only bird watching i want to do is at the end of a freaking gun uh so don't take offense no, to that's that. okay yeah um so, so, so the funny thing is is i always have my camper out here now this past year i took it took it to the shop and there's always birds that nest in the hitch it's a fifth wheel <laughs> and I, all right so i left it at the shop all winter long and i just brought it home last week yeah yeah and kevin says those birds didn't even wait a day to get up in that <laughs> damn hitch. You brought it back just in time for them. It's all right. It just. So I understand. So you you hate birds. I fucking hate birds. So, you know so every time I gave you one, it's unappreciated. Nope. <laughs> Tell us about your charity brews. Yeah. So again, if we're going back to when we first started and, and what I just said about the beer for dad, we, we try to be community focused as, as much as we can. And that's certainly the essence of having a small tap room in a small town is, you know, your community gathering place and we don't ever pretend to be anything else. You know, you're not going to go to two States away and see our beer on draft or on tap or in cans anywhere. Um, that's not who we want to be. You're not even going to go probably to another restaurant locally in town and see our beer on tap. It's not who we are. It's not who we want to be. 
Um, but we certainly are a community gathering place. And we thought to ourselves, you know, owning a business and having a place where people come and drink beer. Yeah, that's great. But we thought there's probably a, an opportunity to do a little bit more than, than be just that. Um, so right from the start, we've always had a, a charity giving program. Uh, we have a, always a beer on tap where a dollar for every draft of that particular beer goes to the charity of that quarter. Um, the other thing we do is at one point during the quarter when that charity is, is kind of the chosen one, we have them come and spend a night in the tap room where they sit up and they can hand out information and tell everybody about what they do and why they're important for the community as well. And that's a chance for them to get the word out about them. So not only do we do the dollar per draft when they're there for the quarter, we'll do, um, usually we'll do 10 or 15% of all sales that day that they're kind of the, oh, the one to awesome. get back. That so that's a day awesome. where people can come in, eat, drink, get swag, you know, take merchandise home and yeah. it's all for, you know, good cause. So, and, and you mentioned eat. Um, I noticed on the Facebook, there are some pizzas and some other food products. Is, whose idea is that? Who's the chef? Yeah. So we don't have a chef. Um, yeah, I'd like wife. to say I do the brewing and my wife does everything else. Um, but it's really a, a pretty 50, 50 partnership in most things. She is the food safe, you know, manager in the front of the house for sure. But, um, if you don't see me in the brewery, there's a good chance I'm probably in the kitchen cooking. Um, that's kind of where I fill in in the tap room. If we're busy and somebody's backed up, I'll jump in the kitchen and help sling some pizzas. I actually very much enjoy cooking pizzas. I don't know why, but I find it almost therapeutic. Um, <laughs> better which than, is weird. Sometimes it's better than brewing beer, right? But, uh, yeah, a lot of times it's <laughs> a lot stress. more like relaxed, but, yeah. um, I will say if you look back to our original, uh, business plan. There was very little anything about food in there at the time. The law was that if you had people drinking on site, you had to have food. Yeah. Oh that yeah. Has, we, we heard that, that has story. Now, uh, that has now changed. Okay. Um, I don't know. Probably for the better. But so we had to have food when we started, which pretty much consisted of chili and hot dogs um, and a couple other snack things. Yeah. And uh, COVID. COVID. The COVID rules were ridiculous. Well, the COVID rules were a whole other. I mean. I mean, liquid. Liquid hero. I wasn't going to mention mm -hmm. the name. Yeah. They, the they had a prop dog that yeah, they yeah. would pass around <laughs> because if they ordered just a beer, they would put the hot the prop dog in front of them. Yeah. They, they got food in front of them. Uh, we, we sold more one dollar hot dogs during COVID than I ever cared to ever bags see of again. Chips, snacks. Some or people ate the dollar hot dog when you put it in front of them. Some people mm. were like, I don't want the dollar hot dog, but I was like, well, it has to be in front of you. What you do with it that's yeah. up to you I, I fucking ate it i but, don't care yeah. I, I will think, say i think i ate their goddamn prop dog one time too <laughs> <laughs> um remember cereal cereal oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> brooks brooks oh uh, the cereal. Cereal. yeah i remember seeing those too <laughs> but one of the things we did realize pretty quickly though is that i mean as cool as it is it's just have tap rooms. A lot of people were coming in expecting to eat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think that goes back to like the Iron Hill Hills of the world, or kind of people's vision of breweries or restaurants. Um, so we didn't have that vision at all to start. Um, but throughout the years, we continued to evolve and and add and add and add to the point now where I wouldn't still call us a, a restaurant per se. You're a but I think we have some really nice food options. And I will say that's probably the one good thing that came out of COVID is it forced us 
to be able to make it, we had to have people take to go food. Right. And in order for people to get to go food, we had to step up our game and what we were offering. So that's where the, the fun different pizzas came in and, and some of those things that we started doing. And, and I'll be honest, you know, when I, when I'm, when I'm looking for breweries and basically you're calling a brew pub because mm-hmm. you're going to have, you're going to have yep. beverage. You're going to have not, uh, non-alcoholic stuff sometimes and maybe some non-beer stuff. Right. And you're going to have some food. Yep. So like I mentioned off screen, my wife is not a major drinker. And for me to, to get her to go somewhere, right. they're going to have to have a different product or yep. food. So she has something to do while I'm sitting there enjoying the beer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I, I will go to a tap room, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to spend a ton of time there. Right. You know, I'm going to try their beer and I'm going to move on. Yep. So I, uh, kudos to you. And yep. one thing that I noticed when I did come to your brewery, you are very, I know your, your little sheet that you sent back, you're kind of an introvert, but what I noticed is you're not an introvert. You yeah. are making your way throughout and talking to pretty much everybody. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I found very unique, no televisions. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of our, we'll hit the no televisions first and then we'll go back to my introvertness. But, um, we knew right from the start that we didn't want televisions. Um, and it goes back to that whole still concept of community gathering place. You know, I, I'll find myself 100% guilty of doing this. If I'm at a place and they have a television, my, my face is sitting up in the, in the yeah. air, just looking at that television. And I'm, maybe you're talking about somebody, if there's a game on of some kind or something like that, but otherwise, you know, you're mindlessly just looking at something instead of when you could be, you know, having a good time with your friends and conversing. And, 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 and I that. noticed so, that a lot with, with this device. Yeah. It's the same as that device. Um, yeah. Yeah. My wife and I went out to eat one night and there was a whole family. It was a husband, wife, and like four kids. And the husband's just sitting there with his arms crossed, but all, everybody, all of them were like this. They, <laughs> yeah. There's no conversation. There's no conversation with that either. So, so I, love I would that say idea. maybe for about the first, first six months, you know, you're getting to the point where you're getting sick of the, the, where's the TV where, you know, and even some of your regular customers, like, you know, I'm in here all the time. Where's your TV? Where's your TV? But we got to the point now where we don't even get that question. In fact, we get what you guys just said, you know, we get that. Thank God you guys don't have TVs. Yeah. It's really nice to go somewhere where you, you don't have to sit there and, and look at a screen. If you go on, on moodduckbrewery.com, the first thing says no TVs, just conversation. Yeah, I so love it. Our tagline is no TV's conversation. Well, that's the old pub style yeah. from England. You know, yeah. it's a pub. It's a gathering, yeah, place. It's a gathering it's, place. It's a community to talk and engage and have yeah. fun. And I love that freaking yeah. idea. So another one of the questions we get often is when are you expanding or when are you opening a second location? Cause your brewery license allows you to have many locations under your one license. And what we think is important is kind of what you had just said. Um, I'm naturally introverted. I will sit in the corner of the pub most of the time um, and then make my way out and talk to some people from time to time. But we feel it's super important that if you go to Mooduck, probably about 85, 90% of the time, either myself or my wife will be there. And a lot of times, both of us. So there's an owner presence that I don't think you get everywhere that we, that we feel is really important. You know, somebody should be able to come in and, and not that our bartenders don't know about the beers because we train them really well to know about our beers. But if somebody's really interested in knowing about beer, I'm always there almost always to be able Your to introvert now becomes them. an extrovert. Right, right. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons we have explored some second locations. We've been asked from people 
say, Hey, we have this great location. We really want you guys to be in that location. And the one thing that continues to hold us back is how do we maintain one of the things that makes us who we are by having the presence of, of us there. Um, and we feel that's a pretty important part of it. Yeah, I think, I think so. And, you know, I'm not going to say yay or nay, but stick by what you, you and your right. wife want to yeah. do yeah. Yeah. Uh, as your business model. If, yeah. if the expansion's not in it, yeah, don't pursue it. Yeah. You got a great thing going. And speaking of beer, we got another one sitting in front of us. Right. Yeah. So this is this. We already had, uh, we had dad. a beer for dad, and you mentioned you had another one. Yeah. So this is a beer for mom. So now this is for my wife, um, Kristen, and she is on a kick right now, and I think it's probably going to stay because it's been around a long time. And she only drinks double IPAs. Double IPAs. So this is a West Coast leaning oh, IPA. This is, is going to be hoppy, piney. I call it West Coast leaning because um, it's kind of a new age West Coast, so it's clear. It's a little amberish in color. It is. It's very, but it's, got a, good it's got a nice kind of tropical hop punch to it. So this has got mosaic and citra hops in it, which are typically hops you see in the more hazy style beers. Um, so it's not going to have as much of the kind of piney side things. It certainly does have a little bit of that. It's certainly darker in color, but it's not the you know the West Coast IPA from the '90s that was like super bitter, super. Oh piney. yeah, they, they wanted to make your make some, your ass pucker. Right, it's bit. more of a little kind of new aged one. The IBUs aren't crazy on it. It's eight and a half percent, maybe about 75, 80 IBUs. So it's not crazy, but um, for my wife, this is a session beer. Yeah, session beers, pretty so scary. Gonna be good. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. This is a beer for mom. And you know, as we're recording this here. Mother's Day wasn't that far ago. No, so not that long ago. Did you do anything special with this beer for Mother's Day? or? Uh, I mean, we had canned specials to go for the most part, um, and that was it. The, the ironic thing, the beer for Dad, I think, fits Dad's perfect, like most dads, like mm -hmm. easy drink. Beer for Mom is a little kind of off the scale as far as probably what moms, oh, most yeah. moms <laughs> will typically want to drink. But. Most moms won't drink. <laughs> but you know what? You're saying leaning as a West Coast. Yeah. I, you know, typically when we started this venture, IPAs were not in our realm. Yeah. For some, it's still not in their realm. Yeah. Still not in their realm. Yeah. However, it's not bad though. No. This is not overly hoppy like you, no. like you'd no. mentioned. Right. Um, it, and I don't get that pine bitterness. No, that's why I said it. I mean, there's certainly some bitterness there. Um, and I say it leans West Coast only because it's certainly, you know, you got a, a hazy triple on, on the on the table here. Yep, I do. Compared to that, you know, if we called this, you know. There's a, there's a yeah, difference there's a in color. There's a huge difference in the, in the look and the color of it. So we call it West Coast only in the fact that it's clear and it's a little darker. Um, but it, it certainly carries some of the kind of more tropical kind of it you is, know, is, flavors I, I could, to it. I could drink this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one, but I could drink it. Yeah, that's how I am. One, one every once in a while is good enough for me. But yeah, that's that's my that's my speed on the on the IPAs. I could drink one. Yep. about this size. Yep. Um, <laughs> I always say it tastes like a burnt tire, but this does this. This, no, this, is, this, is, this isn't bad. No, this, this is good. I like this. This, this isn't bad. Um, it's not yeah, yeah, um, the one of the earlier ones when I said that I'm going to have a tough time choking this. Little glass down. <laughs> I'm not saying that this is this is not bad, but I it is not a beer for me because yeah. I am not, I am that is not my cup of tea. Yeah. yeah, this is actually pretty good. So I will say it's it is unfortunate. Did your wife have any input into what you were brewing? Yeah, absolutely. As far this beer, I 100 percent yes. So this this beer used to be uh, 
Wow, like almost the same color as well, nothing we've had here tonight, unfortunately, but it used to be really much lighter in color. So same kind of flavor profile, but just it would be yellow instead of the kind of I, I kind of like the kind of amber more, color. I like that light yeah, amber. It, yeah, and she said, you know what? I I like it just to be a little bit more multi than what it originally was. So we we darkened it a little bit, and uh, she likes it more. I think it's a better beer now too. I think it's a little more balanced with it the is, malt behind it's, it. It's so. Absolutely, yep. yeah, very balanced. I had a red IPA the other uh, just last night. Um, I think from Starview when I stopped on my way home. And that was a nice reddish color, yeah. it, a little bit not let not as hoppy, but right. a little bit more balanced yeah. malt, malt forward. Yeah. But it, as a West Coast, that is a very good yeah. beer, Mike. So kudos, kudos to your wife. Yeah. yeah. What is your, how does your wife? What What is your wife? Um, her opinion on the, on the beer? Because this is for moms. In, in yeah. Bath. So I'll tell you. Um, She'll have it on tap at home all the time. I always have six tools ready to go for her. And every once in a while, she'll say, you, I, I kicked the six tool. I need another one. I was like, you, you know, like you literally just took that home like a couple weeks ago. Like, how'd you kick that six tool already? I was like, can, can I go just get you? Like, her, one of her favorites historically was Two Hearted Ale. I was like, can I go get you a, a Two Hearted Keg? She says, no, I want mom. She's yeah. like, doesn't that make you feel good? I want that instead of that. I was yeah, like, well, I guess that does. Speaking but, of, I guess that's we, right. just kicked our, we just kicked our cobblestone road, yes. our English. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have maybe we'll have to fucking buy a sixtal from you. I should have called yeah. you early. Hey Mike, right, bring yeah, me a sixtal down, man. Yeah. I put it on my kegerator because I'm brewing a cream ale this uh, for Memorial Day. Nice. Yeah. Um, but right now there's nothing on the kegerator. We kicked both the uh, Aaron Gabrales Irish Red and the Cobblestone. That oh, was very good. nice. That was good. I was hoping to have some here for you could try and give yeah, us some feedback. That been cool. But Dave, Dave kicked it. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it happens. So, yeah. So she likes it. Leave she, it up to Dave. Fan, so. <laughs> So that's hobbies and interests. I mean, uh, obviously the beer making. Yeah. Well, owning your own business and especially a brewery. I mean, especially where I just said we'd like to be there most of the time. So yeah. hobbies have kind of taken a little bit of a backseat. Unfortunately, the birds, yeah. um, birds especially has, um, like I said, I still bird a little bit, but not as much as I really would want to. I still enjoy, we have a couple of bird watching enthusiasts that come into the tap room and I still like to sit down with the, with them guys and they'll show me what they've been seeing and, and we'll talk and chat some birds. So I have do you, still like that. Side have you things. asked them if they ever saw a moo duck? They've never seen a moo duck. I know it's still <laughs> eluding them out there, <laughs> but, uh, I will say I spent most of my time before I came out here this morning fishing. So fishing is my other big hobby and that's one I refuse to kind of not give up, not that I gave up bird watching, but Fishing is one of those things where, you know, I'm an outdoors guy. I can get outside. And actually, when I'm fishing, I can still bird watch while sure. I'm out there, too. So it kind of fits both both a little bit. Um, but fishing, and especially especially trout fishing, is kind of... And that as we're recording this, trout season is still... Was just either ending, or is it still in? I killed them this morning. So. You killed them this morning? Yeah. We, What'd you catch? We hammered them. I, I caught... We stopped counting. I... I caught between twenty and thirty trout this morning. Twenty and wow. where are you fishing yeah. with that for that? We many were up trout? ironically, it was uh not the yellow breeches, is it? No, so I was up my way. Um actually up past me ironically, Snitz Creek, which is there's yeah. another brewery there's named another, that. Yeah. There's ironically, brewery. I was fishing in Snitz Creek this morning. Uh, which not is, shit which creek. Is, not shit, shit, shit creek. Which is up uh like Lebanon way. Yeah, we want to get so, that one as well. So So I was fishing Snitz Creek with uh two buddies of mine. We all Called a, called a bunch. The other guy called about the same as I did. Brown rainbows. Yes, and in fact, uh, today I caught my first ever golden rainbow. 
Golden Rainbow. Yeah, so the big orange guys. I mean, I've heard of them, but yeah. I've never. I don't think I've ever saw one. Yeah, so it's a big, big rainbow trout that's yellow. Wow. <laughs> so what's so, the biggest fish you ever caught? Uh, I actually caught my personal best. It was this big. Right, it had to be this big, right? <laughs> yeah. This big. Um, trout. It's. I caught it actually this year. It was about a twenty-two inch rainbow. So twenty-two inch yeah. rainbow. Wow. That's a big. That's a big trout. That's a big trout. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what? I, I'm not. I used to fish, um, yeah. and trout was always stocked, and it was always it was yeah. great if you could catch it in uh, a wild one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, they're they're around. I mean, but we they're don't usually live... small. I mean, what you're yeah. gonna catch is just legal for right. for cat for keeping. Yeah, yeah. The natives in in this area, unfortunately, most of our water gets a little too warm, so trout are a cold water species. Right. Um, so the water has to remain pretty cold. There are places that you can. Yellow breeches is one that definitely has wild trout. Um, but most wild trout, I think you're going north to yeah. do. Like my family has a cabin up in Clinton County, and there's some streams up there that have real nice populations of wild trout. But so generally, gonna, they're smaller. I'm going to recommend sure. if you, you know, take your trout rod. Now, are you fly or are you? Uh, I'm spin. Spin, okay. Yeah. Go up by Cold Springs. And as you're uh, as you're walking the right yellow, on the yellow breeches, yeah, there? as yeah. you're walking the breeches fishing, you yep. can walk up and get Have some beer, beer from yep. Cold Springs. Yep. So, yep. We met those guys at the yep. uh, the Big Bottom Tap Takeover. Nice. So we like to try and get them on too. But I'm just give, I'm just doing a shout out. That's all. <laughs> so I I've know. been there. It's a cool place. These, these yeah. fucking glasses. It's it's like a strobe effect, man. It's it's like opening and closing a shutter. So I I gotta take them off. I'm getting a headache. <laughs> Here, Dave, you put them on. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to keep up with the fishing as much as I can here in the next about a month where the fishing will still be pretty good around here before it gets too warm. But, I, when I when I was fishing, I was a bass fisherman. I like to go to Pincho, throw the yeah, stuff in. No, I definitely like that too. Go around um, go around to the edges and hit the lily yeah, pads and, yeah. the, and the heavy stuff. I definitely like that, but unfortunately that's kind of gone the way of bird watching for me. It's like I do it a couple times a year and I really enjoy it. But there's something about trout fishing. I don't know if it's the stream or just being outside in a certain spot. That I, I think it's the stream. It's just it's the yeah, whole it's, it's the whole compass yeah. thing. Like me, when I'm not a big and avid hunter, I I would I love to be in the woods. <laughs> I love to walk in the woods. And every year I'd go deer hunting. I'm just taking my gun for a walk. That's exactly. That's it. It's actually exactly the phrase I use. Yeah. So my family has a cabin, and and I do go deer hunting, and on a rare occasion I'll get a deer, but. I said, uh, I tell the guys every year, I don't even care if I see a deer. I don't care if I get a deer. Uh, I said, I just like sitting outside in my tree stand, maybe getting down and going for a little walk and being in the woods. And that's not connected to this. Not connected to that. Right. And then the other thing that's, unfortunately, I'm not going to start this kind of political debate here with about the, you know, the, the game commission, but the moving of the, the first day of deer to the Saturday kind of ruined it Our personal of, tradition of going to camp because to yes, me, I like to go to camp yes, to hang out. Exactly. And, you know, we'll fire up our smoker and throw a brisket on there and and have an awesome Dude, meal. What camp and, did you go to? Yeah, I, I didn't know, have right? any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, a baloney sandwich. <laughs> you know, the Saturday we'll go out, but I kind of I don't know. I I haven't it's not hunted, the same as I haven't hunted or fished yeah. in a year in years. I'm decades. I might as well say, but I I I definitely miss that connection yeah. and being out there and just, and like you said, that it was always like, okay, that Friday night we would drive up to the mm-hmm. cabin. Saturday, you walk the woods, you walk the woods and Sunday, maybe, and- maybe walk again a little bit yep. and, and, and conglomerate and Monday morning, yep. four 30, you're out in the woods. Yep, then you're out. You know, yep. I got an idea. 
we get Dave to get us a pontoon boat, we could do our studio right on the pontoon. (laughs) (laughs) What would I do with it? I mean, where would I put it? We've got three driveways right here. (laughs) (laughs) We put a pontoon boat out on the on the. We could go up to the lake. We go up to the lake. We can always go up to the lake. As long as like that was one thing. We used to go to Pincho. And for opening week of bass, we'd be up there. My dad would take the camper up when we were younger. We weren't old enough yet. We were just graduating. And we, we'd, we'd camp at Pincho for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Go out bass fishing in the day and catfish at night. Perfect. And, and drink yeah. beer at night. And drink some beer get, at night, yeah. Didn't get, we get caught. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I kicked out. Uh, my, That's right. State parks, you're not allowed to have yeah. beer, right? Yeah. No. Whole, uh, uh, yeah. It was funny. We got kicked out for our last can of beer. Oh, well, at least you got all in you. Wow. And the, the <laughs> dumbass park ranger had to go make a phone call. And this is before you had cell phones and right. stuff. He had to, I got to go call my supervisor. Well, that was a dumb move because we got rid of all the rest there of the evidence. Them, right? <laughs> yeah. But we still got kicked out and had to make a... Uh, Go home that night. He might not, he might not have been making a dumb move. He might have been making a gracious move on your right. part. He might have been, but it wasn't gracious on my dad's side when no. I had the time. Hey, we got kicked out. You got to go pick the camper up. Right. We're done. <laughs> but I do miss those days in the woods. Yeah. I do miss the days fishing. I just never got. I got too busy. Yeah, I know. I know. I, it's trust me. It sucks. <laughs> do you yep, like 100%. any other sports? Do you watch anything? Football, yeah, I'm a football guy. Oh, yeah. geez, that's yeah. these guys yeah, right football here. Football guy. Yeah. Um, uh, are you a Steelers fan? No. Uh, that, okay. I'm from the other end of the other end of the state. All right. All right. I'm going to step oh. back <laughs> on this conversation because we got Steelers and Eagles. So I'm going to step back yeah. and let you guys have at it. <laughs> no, yeah, a, I mean Eagles fan, and then yeah. I'm a Penn State graduate. So uh, Penn State. Yeah, that's Penn State that, that's the only football I will yeah. watch. Yeah. You see, you you're from the other side. That's that's not too bad because you, know, you in this area we found out that you know this is this is. Primarily Philadelphia yeah. or, Baltimore. or Penn State, or Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. Baltimore. I would say too. Yeah. Why are you swearing at me? Because you went to fucking pit. <laughs> Why are you swearing at me? Yeah, I'm a Steeler fan, and I and I and I went to uh, the University of Pittsburgh. Yep. So I was yep. from that end of the state. Yeah, and then, sure. but when I, we moved down here, uh, we found out that. Um, you didn't get any of that news. You didn't, you know, no, no uh, one, no yeah. one follows Pitt none here. Yeah, and, not Pitt and, for yeah. sure. So it, uh, but um, uh, you know, I'm an alumnus. So what are you going to do? You're yeah. not going to, you know. And I have a lot of people ask me. It's just, you know, why aren't you a Penn State fan? And I, I just right. look at him and said, because I was I smart. They never liked that answer. So look at this. Hey, are you bird watching look right at now? This. I'm not looking at any birds right now. <laughs> hey, you know, speaking of birds, and it's just going to bring this up real quick. Yeah. Uh, the, um, uh, a few weeks ago, um, I, w- I was treated. Uh, went out my front porch, and it was late. It was like twelve, twelve thirty, and it is dead. Quiet out there, you know, it, and that's when <laughs> oh, that the, mockingbird, the mockingbird that was oh. out there, <laughs> and I just sat on my front porch and sat and listened to this thing, and it went through so oh, many, it goes through all so many, yeah. goes so yeah, through yeah. so many songs from different birds, and was I actually recorded it? I was, you know, I, yeah. you know, I yeah. enjoyed. My it. wife heard that yeah. too. It yeah, was driving us nuts. She goes, <laughs> "Did you hear it?" I'm like, "No, nope. I was out." Nope. <laughs> 
Yeah, I asked yeah, Kevin. They're pretty a, crazy. I asked Kevin about it. He had a different opinion of the bird. <laughs> was, was it a moo duck? It was a moo duck bird. <laughs> I wasn't close enough to see if it was did one it, of the moo duck. Did it imitate a moo duck? Well, mocking birds. Let's, let's set the scenery. So, my wife, you know, middle aged, of course, still cold out at the time. The window is open. Birds. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Turn on the fan. I didn't hear that song. Open, <laughs> and I'm freezing to death. And I'm like, man, give me that shotgun. Where's it? Right. Where's Where's the bird the <laughs> oh boy. So, so you're you're the bird expert. Well, I, I'm not an expert anymore. You're not At an expert point, anymore. Maybe, but but so these mockingbirds, they, yeah. they they mimic other birds. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. what's the reason behind it? Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. Sick um, events, I think. Well, we thought you'd fucking. Know. No, I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that. I don't. I mean. I've watched a couple things know. about like ravens and crows. They're like the, the yeah. they're like the the jokesters. Yeah, and, and they're they actually will, smart. They are, like, they're really smart, smart enough. Yeah. They'll yeah. mimic and try oh, and yeah. just joke around with yep. other birds. Yeah, yep. So is that is that like the Baltimore though. Ravens or jokesters? I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> As a Pittsburgh fan, you should, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I can ask my wife. I think she did mention something about why the mockingbirds do that, but yeah. um, I. I forgot it already. <laughs> We've been getting these little bluebirds. I don't know, little bitty things. Oh, pretty neat. I don't know. It, I, I clean. I brought the camper home. Like I said, they 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 <laughs> found their way right in there the next day, and they already shit on the window. So. It, it wasn't a half an hour. You pulled in. It was so funny because I walked in, came back out. They're flying there. They are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're running around. Camper's home. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping I'd avoid them this year. <laughs> hey, so anything that you do inside the tap room, like events, music, anything special that you yeah, want? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that are really kind of cool. Every uh, every first Saturday, so another one of my hobbies. In fact, before I opened a brewery, I actually contemplated opening a barbecue restaurant up um, because I do love smoking, smoking meats. Um, so every... I wasn't going to, there was thought at one point where maybe we become like kind of a barbecue joint and a, a brewery. And I was like, you know, I'm only one person. Like there's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and so that's why you and happen. Mark from Dover Brewing have hit <laughs> yes, off because yeah, he yeah, loves yeah, to smoke yeah, stuff yeah, on yeah. his smoker. So, yeah. uh, every first Saturday we have some kind of smoked special. Um, and that varies. We do just a little bit of everything. So that's one of the things people really look forward to is the smoking first Saturdays. Um, we do actually. Now that I think about it, I I kind of did bite the bullet. We do have a brisket sandwich and a smoked chicken sandwich oh, on the menu at all times. So there are some smoked meats on all the time. But every first Saturday, there's like a special smoke product of mass quantities of stuff that you can get. Um, and then every Saturday we have live music. And one of the things I like about our live music is it starts early and ends early. So you know sometimes you know I don't want to go out where you know you go to a music place and the band goes on at 10 o'clock or whatever. Right. Like, I don't want right. that. Like, that's not who I am. Um, yeah, so our you, music, you want to get home. Yeah. I want to be home by then. So our music starts at five 30. It's over by eight 30. So, um, that's, that's really nice. And I think the thing that I think all musicians have always commented about us is it goes back to the whole no TVs thing. Like people are very 
you know, a lot of times if you're a musician and you're just a guy playing guitar, you're probably going to almost feel like your background music somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. People like everything's happening and I'm just here in the corner playing some music and maybe they're listening, maybe they're not. Hopefully they get some tips. And- right. Where, where ours, you know, in between songs, people actually clap and they're actually paying attention to what's going on. And I think that just goes back to our whole no TVs and people are really focused on what's right. happening around them at that time. So five thirty, eight thirty every Saturday we have, we have live music. Some of the bands draw like crazy and, there could be dance floors happening and stuff like that, but that's pretty rare. Usually it's pretty much acoustic, a guy with a guitar and, and I think chill, but. we've mentioned this, I don't know how many times, but you know, back in the day it was the bar. You went to a bar, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And now it's, it is, it's stuff like this. It's yeah. no TVs, just conversation, quality atmosphere. Yeah. It's, I think I, I love it. You know, yeah. unfortunately we don't get to go out all the time. I wish we had more <laughs> well, time to do it. <laughs> That's how that's how Cindy and I. Uh, what it was a Friday night. I wanted to go out for dinner. I was in the mood for jazz. Get on Facebook. Get on yeah, the yeah, local yep. Google, and boom, you know, you, it anything from jazz to hip hop to the blues. Yeah, yeah, it's always out and, there. And that that pushed me for my dinner. You know, yeah. that's was there any Parliament on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, one of the directions I would say the brewing industry is headed in is I think you're seeing the end of kind of the mom and dad bar. Yeah. And I think breweries and their tap rooms are kind of becoming the mom and dad it, bars it, of their community. They're now. more family friendly. Yep. Yeah. Bring your kids, yep. bring your whatever. Yep. Um, anything you do, like any special events coming up, like this is, this is going to be July 4th weekend. Anything you got yeah, planned, so, uh, any big so events? Any holiday weekend, we do a special uh, event happening of some kind. Um, this will air after this event, unfortunately, but Memorial Day weekend, we have our summer ale release party. I saw that. Um, where people wear their Hawaiian shirts. And we actually just had mm-hmm. Muduck Hawaiian shirts made, which are really kind of crazy looking, but people are really digging them and buying them. Um, and then with the Memorial thing, we'll have a kind of a cookout vibe going, which is, you know, fits fits the, the weekend. Um, Fourth of July, we'll have a shrimp boil. Oh. Uh, so we'll do a shrimp boil where it's, you know, you get a big plate of the boil and, for that, we do, uh, we call it our sand and inconvenient places beer. So it's a light beer with salt and lime. Oh, oh so, so perfect. Perfect. almost like a cerveza, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So, so just real light, easy summer crusher. Um, I think that comes in at like three and a half percent. So just real low ABV, just so you can drink, drink it all day, drink, drink a, a bunch of it. It's refreshing. Well, I could you know, drink it all it's day. Perfect. I'd still be fucking inebriated, but <laughs> it's a sessionable. Yeah, it's a sessionable all day kind of. <laughs> light beer and then if we head towards the end of the summer oh we go gosh. back to the house smoke meat thing uh labor day weekend we have a smoked porter that coincides with uh cooking a whole hog so oh so you got a pig roast yeah going so on. pig That's roast right. for labor day weekend oh man so, so those are kind of the big things we hit for the the summer holidays That's all awesome. pretty good that sounds really good guys any last comments um just Real quick, you know, I bring it up every once in a while. Is did you do anything with the local uh, the local uh, baseball out there? Is Barnstormers? Yeah, we and, were in their uh, their. I think they call it the Broken Bat uh, Beer Deck. I think they call it. Mm. Um, we were doing it for a couple of summers, mm-hmm. um, and we've since backed out of that. Not for any reason that we didn't have a good time. Now that we didn't sell beer out there, we we sold a lot of beer. Uh, it was probably worth it. Um, they treated you really nice if you had to be on tap. You know, they gave you a suite for a night or they invite your staff out to enjoy the ball game for a night. So they did treat you really well. It just, 
we kind of pulled back for what we talked about earlier. Like our core thing is our tap room and that's what we continue to want to really, really focus on. So we did that for two or three summers and we unfortunately decided, you know, let's pull back and just focus on what you guys got going. Again, we don't have salespeople. Uh, We don't have a sales team. If we're selling beer to the broken bat beer deck at the Lancaster Barnstormers, guess who's delivering it? It's you. (laughs) You, not your wife. It's me. It's me. So, again, it goes back to, you know, I'm I'm brewing full-time, and I am a one-man brew team. I don't know how many people you will ever hear say that. So, I'm the only person in the brewery. You're not not training the next generation? If something is happening in the brewery, that means I am doing it. Okay. So, all the keg washing, all the keg filling, all the brewing, all the... Cleaning tanks, all the anything to do back there, which is a lot of work, is done by me. Can we can we um, advertise? Maybe you're looking for an assistant <laughs> brewer. Not yet. Not it's yet. getting to the point where we're going to have to at some point. Yeah, train that train um, the next generation. I told somebody that you know I'm I'm realistic in knowing that number one I'm I'm not young anymore. I'm not old either, but what? it's it's a pretty Dave's young labor intensive. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty labor intensive job. It is. Um, and I'm not going to be able to do it forever. And I'm realistic yeah, about that. Yeah. We're right. also continuing to grow. Yeah. Um, you know, realistically, at some point, I'm not a fool and thinking I can do it all myself. But sure. But we've all made that mistake. I am young. From being the the one man brewing team to wanting to keep a presence in the tap room to helping cook when the kitchen gets busy in the tap room to you know, I don't really want to be delivering kegs now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you, Kevin. Any last things? No, I just thank you for coming and oh, uh, yeah. sharing. It's been know, fun. Wealth. And uh, you know, best of luck with everything. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, Mike. Uh, Mike, tell us one last time where they can find you. Your hours, <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, you are you're on social media. Yeah. So like all the it? socials is really easy. It's just going to be at Mooduck Brewery, no matter what it is. So there's no shorten anything. There's no. MD Brewery or anything like that. It's everything you can find us. Just go to at Mooduck Brewery and you're going to find us, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, whatever it's going to be. Uh, com. You know, everything is really easy to find us. And the only thing you get confused about if you do Mooduck, you might find some Russian slang or you might find some karate <laughs> jujitsu type thing. But otherwise, you're going to find us if you, if you type in Mooduck. All balls, no brains, right? <laughs> That's right. Oh, Mike, I appreciate you coming down here um, and and sharing us with, you know, sharing your story. This is, we've had a great time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Fourth of July. We we have one more beer sitting here. You know, this has been fun to find out your story about where Moo Duck is or what (laughs) a Moo Duck is that you're, you know, came from a bird watching thing. This is what we love about doing this. The stories are just awesome. Yeah. And, you know, just like our story, it's unique. You know, we're three neighbors that like to enjoy beer. Right. We kind of started doing this, but I think it's awesome that what we're doing. Yeah, it's fun. So tell us a little bit about our last beer. Last beer is called Mistopheles. Um Some people might recognize that if you're a Broadway fan from the I, uh, from I, Cats. The, okay, I was... Um, yeah. uh, I, I will say that is not where I know it from. I've um, never myself. seen cats, <laughs> but Mistopheles for for me was the name of our little black cat. So the the cat in the in the show is a black mm-hmm. cat. So my wife and I, our original pet that we had together when we were still dating, was a little black cat named Mistopheles. And um, where did you come up with the name Mistopheles for your cat rather than the, the Broadway? Well, that was show. my wife. My wife knows the Broadway play. She's from New York. Oh, okay, so this so she knew of the, the Broadway, Broadway play. I did not, and she came up with the name Mistopheles and. And uh, I was so, going to ask if it was a Greek god or something. Right. <laughs> so our our year round stout that we always have on tap 
is uh, is an ode to our our first little black cat, and she was full grown as an adult and was about four pounds. She's the tiniest little thing, but oh, let me wow. tell you, uh, no eighty pound dog would ever come near her because she was the fiercest <laughs> little thing in the world. Um, <laughs> but uh, once you got to know her, she was a really sweet little cat, and that's what we say. You know, this little beer looks dark and intimidating, but once you get to to know it, it's it's yep. a pretty nice beer. Um, we've done so many different things. I said oh, year round. Sometimes it's like a four percent dry Irish style, like a Guinness. Sometimes it's an imperial stout up in the eight percent range. Sometimes it has coffee. Sometimes it has this that. Um, we've kind of settled in this. Our original Mistopheles was this one, um, which is a somewhere around seven percent chocolate stout. I'm getting that chocolate nib yeah. out. So that that, that so chocolate note is right at the front of this the one. Is uh, is aged on on cocoa nibs. Is this the one that you're barrel aging? No, so that okay. one's bigger and badder than this oh, one. Oh man, yeah. bigger and badder. Yeah. Bigger and badder. The <laughs> smelling is not. It's just, yeah. it smells really good. It does smell good. Mike, again, thank you for yeah. uh, coming down here and sitting with us at the Central PA Pour. And fun. Uh, thank you guys. If you're out there, uh, no matter what you got in it, this is nice to have in our glasses. Let's all raise one with Mike from Moo Duck Brewery and the CPP. Thanks, guys. And let's all. Be bonded by beer. Cheers. Cheers.